this morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Mitchie looking to set up the screen. Caught by Jonathan Taylor at the 10-yard line. He's at the 5, twirling his way close to the goal line. No signal yet. There it is. Touchdown for the Colts. Young in the pocket. Throws it upfield, picked off by the Colts on the near sideline. 35, direct at 25. Kenny Moore racing for the end zone. 10, 5, touchdown! I-N-D-Y! And that's a 49-yard interception for a touchdown. A pick six by Kenny Moore. Bryce Young just threw his first interception at home this season. His fifth on the season. This time he goes down. Dio Adangbo gets the third sack of the first half for the Colts. Play action. Bryce Young throws it left side, and it's picked off by the Colts. They're running the other way with it. It's Kenny Moore again. He's at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Two of them today. A pick six by Kenny Moore. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Number 23, have a day. No, it's huge. Anytime you lose three straight, you got to get back on track. And uh, we felt that this was the week to do that. And uh, we got it done. And now we got to get our minds right to go to Germany. Oh, now doesn't it feel better to be in here and, and look at Kevin Bowen and look at Mark Titans? Everyone's smiling this morning as much as we can at 7.01. Uh, hanging out with you as always, it's the Wake Up Call live from the DriveHubler.com studios. A reaction Monday, hell, a victory Monday. The three-game losing streak is snapped. We have Jim Mersey dancing in the locker room. Bryce Young, I think he might stink. And Kenny Moore, an absolute star yesterday. And we got you for the next three hours here on The Fan. Fellas, good morning, Kevin. And sorry about your sorry about your fighting Irish, but the Colts victorious. They needed it. They got it, and now it's time to get to five and five on the season. Michael Shrewsbury era starts tonight. Yeah, you're damn right Dame, it does. Niagara, College basketball. Let's go. ACC Network Extra for anyone that wants to come over and watch that one. Butler and Purdue also open up their seasons tonight. Uh, you know, it's not often, Andy, that I feel like we sit here on a Monday. Win or lose, uh, I guess maybe the Cleveland game is the only other one that stands out to me where I literally think to myself, how do you lead off with anyone else, anything else but an individual player? Like, yeah, special teams this, or, you know, offensively, boy, run game this, or, man, that, you know, just stingy, uh, you know, getting after the quarterback. Uh, To me, there's no segment of the game that outweighs what Kenny Moore did yesterday. Um, Individually, not only just making the interceptions, but... How many times do you see corners just run with their heads cut off or, you know, whatever. Blocking doesn't work out. And I know Kenny caught both those balls with plenty of open field in front of him. Uh, But to house both of those. And I thought the timeliness of each. (laughs) Sure, yeah. You know, late first half, you were starting to leak a little bit of oil there. It's like, okay, if Carolina scores, that was on a first down. I mean, Carolina was still very much like, okay, they can get this into field goal range. If it's a one-score game at halftime, you're probably walking into halftime thinking, Man, we played too well not to be up more than just well, you, seven You've here. seen the story this season. Right, right, right. And then the second one. I mean, that was probably a little bit more of leaking major oil. You had just given Oof. up the big gain to Hayden Hurst. And then Kenny he danced. Just, you see that dance he did? I did see that Hayden dance. Hurst, yeah. He did a little dance and then they threw a pick six the next play. To get him, <laughs> him and Jim Hurst saying the dance off. Potentially down the road. Uh, and, and then, obviously, Kenny slams the door shut with that second one. So, just give him AFC Defensive Player of the Week right now. And in general, Andy, I, I think, you know, last week I handed out my awards. He was my Defensive Player of the Year award. Like, he has handled this season so much better than he did last year. I think he would admit that. Uh, he was very public. 
and did not live up to his you know public chatter about his contract situation. And now he is in a contract year, and he has played outstanding at a position that obviously has been in shambles around him. I tell you, uh, he had his family there, and his twin sister was there, so I know that was a huge storyline. Uh, they keep show, you know, they kept showing her, and they kept showing the family on TV when he was going to do all that. They had to be, they probably had to be thinking. Did they know? Let me ask you this: Do you think they knew where Kenny Moore's family was before the game? That like, was impressive. Yeah, because I mean, like, you can't really think. Oh, Oh, a guy's going to get a pick six. Hell, a guy's going to get two pick sixes in one game. And they kept doing the exact same stat. You know, Bryce Young only threw one pick six his entire time at Alabama. And right before we came on the air, I said, this ain't Kentucky. This ain't Vandy at 3.30 on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, But the Colts winners, you know what Kenny Moore was? Kenny Moore on, on Sunday was a football baptism. He washed some sins away because, you know, the offense didn't have to do too much. In fact, the offense didn't do too much uh, a lot of the time. I mean, you look second half, Jonathan Taylor didn't have a catch. It had seven carries for six yards. Uh, but we don't come in here harping on any of that, right? Well, because Kenny Moore did what he did. It. No, yeah, Kenny swept so much of it under the rug. And again, to me, Andy, yeah, Miles Garrett did it a few weeks ago. It's just rare, especially for a defensive player, to single-handedly be the lead story of a game, but you know when you are the first player in Colts franchise history to record two pick sixes in one game, that stands out. I do want to mention a couple other guys. I thought DeForest Buckner in the first quarter just wrecked a few early Panthers drives. Yeah. That was kind of setting the tone. You know, interior pressure on a small quarterback is going to impact him, and clearly that did. And you know what? It, Matt Gay has created just like a. In this market, and my hand is fully raised, Andy, we just take for granted him making a 57-yard field goal outdoors. It's just like, ho-hum, there's Matt Gay trotting out there where all of a sudden you like get into field goal range with less than a minute to go in the first half. Um, all of a sudden, the drive stalls out. I'm thinking to myself, man, they didn't try to gain any yardage to get into more manageable field goal range. I mean, that was 53 seconds to go in the first half. And Matt Gay misses that. Oh, that was going to be my question. It is 10-3 still. And again, Carolina now has great field position to try and make it 10-6 or 10-10. And there's Matt Gay just banging one right down the middle. And that is a field goal that you don't even think about attempting in past years. And yet you run Matt Gay... Matt Gay out there, and you're like, oh yeah, there's like a 90% chance he's going to make that field goal. So it's been an all-pro season for him. So I, yes, Kenny Moore is the obvious story of the day, but I thought to steal the Chris Ballard quote from last season, m- more so in the first half, our best players have got to play like they are our best players. And, and I thought whether it was Kenny, whether it's Buckner, whether it's Matt Gay, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan even Taylor had a nice first half. Big, yeah. The fact that Michael Pittman stayed in the game after the big hit. My I mean, God. You had lost Josh Downs. Yeah. So the fact that Pittman stayed in the game. And you know, Pittman had a couple big catches there late in the first half when, again, things were still a little dicey from a score standpoint. So I, I think those guys deserve some mention Did as well. you see the hit on K.J. Osborne in the Atlanta-Minnesota game? I have him on a bench in a fantasy league. Man, well, uh, not, so I saw he got knocked you out. You might want to just go ahead and pick up somebody else. I yeah. mean, he wa- he didn't walk off like they they sat him up on the uh, on the you know uh, what do you call it on the cart that comes out. But it's one of those plays where he got hit. Like people need to go look, and every single player immediately took a knee within like a second. KB, it's like everyone that feels like okay, that's not a normal hit uh, that you take. But Pittman got absolutely rocked. That ain't the first time he's been rocked this season. No, and Pittman did say after the game he thought that was a clean hit. He he, he didn't think that that should have been flagged, although Carolina. 
Carolina uh, show that why they were a one-win team with 10 penalties yesterday for over 80 yards. So I, I think if you want to go big picture, you can certainly sit here and say, does this performance make you think the Colts can win three or four in a row? I, I, I would say no. But again, in the small sample size of you just need to end a three-game losing streak, uh, you obviously did that on the road yesterday. And... Nick Sirianni did it all week long, and as a tribute to Bob Knight, you know, victory favors the team that, you know, makes the fewest mistakes. I'm paraphrasing the Knight quote there. Yesterday, you weren't as dumb as Carolina. Carolina was really, really dumb. McKenzie had the fumble, but and the Colts also, had some yeah. dumb, dumb stuff. It, it was Absolutely. not a clean sheet by any means, but you were less dumb than your opponent. And you know what? That does matter week in and week out, and that's why the Colts come home victors. You know what I think about Matt Gay? So they were lining up that 57-yard field goal, and I, and I know like you could easily make the case of, hey, uh, you know what could they have done differently to make that not such a difficult field goal? But you know what I thought of? Because remember, it's just a couple games ago, they kicked the 60-yarder. What game was that? They kicked the 60-yarder in the Cleveland game? Yeah. yeah, and that was, remember everyone's yelling and screaming, well, you can't kick a 60-yarder, and, uh, and that was indoors and everything like that. It Lucas Oil, and so they kick a 57-yard field goal. And, you know, I'm already in my mind thinking, okay, radio-wise, if he misses this, people are going to be mad. Uh, they're going to be mad, right? They're going to say, Sykin's done this so many times where he's playing for these long field goals and Matt Gase missed a couple long field goals. And you're right. I mean, at that point, it sets up, you know, better field position for Carolina. And he knocks it through, and I don't know if I'm totally there on this, but I think Shane Steichen is. I think he treats Matt Gay like the Ravens treat uh, Tucker. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I mean, don't you think that's about where we are? I'm not saying he is uh, Tucker, but I'm saying, I mean, they don't mind I mean, playing for a 55-yard yeah. field goal at any, at any moment. He's had an all-pro season. I mean, how many of... Uh, of these, you know, north of fifty yarders have they've been outdoors as well. I mean, he made all those ones in Baltimore, four of them. Uh, again, I thought that was a critical juncture. By the way, Baltimore Oof. in the game yesterday. Yeah, Baltimore <laughs> continues to look like certainly that they are now on the tier with Kansas City. Yes, they are uh, here in the AFC. So a ton to get to here on this Monday morning. Kind of an overcast start uh, for those with young children out there. Good luck with daylight savings time. Yeah, but you can't complain about this weekend. No, uh, right? I mean, I mean my great. God, how much were you outside? Yes, we were outside oh. a ton. Uh, but again, the old clocks for the young kids didn't seem to follow the <laughs> fall back here on this uh, Sunday morning into Monday, or Sunday evening, I should say, into Monday. Dark at 4.30. Morning. Uh, I feel like a ton of people in the last 24 hours, Andy, have asked me, is Webinyama playing tonight? Well, is he? Like, all Let me of a ask, sudden, is Webinyama playing tonight? We have a Monday, November 6th Pacer game that is of high importance. Um, do we worry at all? He's not listening on the injury report. Do we worry at all? He played a season high in minutes yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah, we worry because it's a back-to-back in the NBA. Yeah. 38 minutes for Webb and Yama yesterday. The Spurs at one point were up 22. This is an afternoon game. so a little matinee game for the Spurs and the Raptors in San Antonio. And I think to myself, this is golden for the Pacers fans that want to see him. You know, here it is an afternoon game. Right. They're up 22. Right. He might not play the back half of the fourth quarter, et cetera, et cetera. The Spurs not only blow that lead, the game goes into overtime. <laughs> so, again, Webb and Yama did play a season high 38 minutes yesterday. Uh, nothing on his status for tonight. Again, he's not listed on the injury report. We'll obviously monitor that throughout the day. Uh, if you want to look at a little player over under. Bet for Victor Webanyama tonight. You know I do. 
20 and a half points. Did you know Doug McDermott was a San Antonio Spur? I, I, I did. And I, and did, it, did. Did you really? You're not lying to me? Well, former, I just found out eight seconds ago. Former Pacer, <laughs> and I'm confused why they have not traded him as they've been in like tank process mode for the last 36, eh, more like probably 24 months. 12 points in la- uh, yesterday. That's why I look. 12 points off the bench. How about that, Dougie Mack? Uh, that was disappointing from the Pacers Saturday night to it was. lose to Charlotte like that, to have a historic night from Tyrese Halliburton and you know, 47 minutes and 50 seconds of pretty flawless basketball from him, obviously getting ripped by LaMelo Ball. Certainly not how he wants to end the night, but just sloppy final few minutes, just missing free throws and turnovers. It's the opposite and- of Friday night. Yeah. Look, it, that yeah. atmosphere looked fantastic. Both nights looked fantastic, right. but Friday was amazing. And, and- you know, again, it is a back-to-back. Charlotte was not on a back-to-back, but still, I mean, Charlotte at home, it's one of those games where you would like to kind of have a cushion going into this week where, you know, you have a Utah and Milwaukee back-to-back coming up Wednesday and Thursday. So, again, the five-game homestand for the Pacers continues. Tonight, it's San Antonio, and then Wednesday and Thursday, Utah and Milwaukee. As Andy mentioned early on, the college basketball season Tips off today, and nothing like our own Jags here in Indianapolis. The first game, that is an 11 a.m. tip, <laughs> IUPUI and Spalding. I, I heard Spalding's a, a Kentucky school. Yeah, Spalding's like, I, I literally worked probably about a mile and a half from Spalding University. Division yeah. what? Uh, I have absolutely no idea what division they are. <laughs> Two, three, something like that. NAIA, Yeah, yeah they ain't D1, I, I can tell you that. And ESPN doesn't have like a, a picture for them. They have a shield. Yeah, they just have a shield with a, like, like the an Twitter arrow. Egg. Yeah, that's ba- that's exactly gets. what it is. Uh, Georgia, Oregon's on True TV live from Vegas today. Does that interest you at all, little Georgia, Oregon? So opening night of college basketball is horrific. Well, remember they used to do the twenty four hour right. thing. I know. ESPN so we don't did. do that anymore. Nah, they quit doing that a couple years ago. I mean, I liked it. Like you have Voorhees in South Carolina State. Why can't they that play at one a.m. You know what I'm saying? Why can't yeah, teacher Vo- in junior high Lynn Voorhees? Now that you say that, I think uh, yeah, South he's Carolina back in the State lake, isn't is that, that's Jason the pride Voorhees? Of, what? Yeah, that's Jason Voorhees. Yeah. yeah, South Carolina State, the pride of Shaq Leonard. There, uh, Purdue Samford, six thirty tip, Big Ten Network, uh, Butler Eastern Michigan, eight o'clock FS1. Indiana will get underway tomorrow. That is the old Lob City, Florida Gulf Coast, six thirty on Big Ten. Do you Network. think anything of Leonard? Before we go to break here, I mean, led the team in tackles, played a lot more. Announcers talked about him a lot well, on TV. The, anything? I, I found it interesting that the snap counts actually indicated he really did not play that much more. Sagoon Alubi played all 71 defensive snaps. So literally, he, did he took really? on the Zaire Franklin role. Um, Shaq Leonard, though, 39 snaps. So, I mean, Shaq was at his normal kind he of He did more role. with less, I guess. Uh, yes, I, I think that's a fair statement. Team leading 10 tackles. Um, I yeah, that's a nice number. I mean, I still don't see the splash plays from him. You know, tackle for loss. Uh, you know, and I don't even see like the near misses. You know, sometimes you have that. I mean, you did have a Luby make that interception there late in the game. I thought he had a couple missed tackles early on, uh, but defensively, I mean, they did the heavy lifting. I, I I think you exit yesterday and think more to yourself. Man, it's never a good thing when the only nice thing you have to say about Gardner Minshew's performance is he didn't turn the ball over. Just don't do something stupid. I mean, I thought Minshew was awful with that caveat. 
Like, okay, he he didn't turn it over, and on the road for a backup quarterback, I guess you do have to pat him on the back. But outside of that, Andy, I thought he was terrible. Yeah, this wasn't, listen, this wasn't one of those games where you look at it and say, they're going to go beat, and you start looking at all these different teams after the bye. My thing has been, can you go 5-5? Five and five? You know, that's been my thing. It's Operation 5-5 five and five for this football team. Go beat the New England Patriots, who are not a good team, uh, who, you know, Mac Jones had a chance to play hero to drive the ball. They didn't do that on Sunday. Uh, go go to Germany. Get to 5-5. Five and five. Let's hit a reset. You get the nice long break. You get the bye week. And who knows? I mean, Tampa Bay played a high-scoring game. We got to get to C.J. Stroud at some point. I want to get to that because... Because, I mean, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young are all going to be connected. But this is Operation 5 and 5. Get to 5 and 5. Get to your bye week. Get some guys healthy. Obviously, Grover Stewart with the suspension won't be back. But kind of huddle everybody together and have a chance to beat Tampa Bay in three weeks. That's my thing. Slight favorite uh, heading into Germany. The Colts in that one. I saw one and a half points that opening up the line. Again, the Colts will practice Wednesday and Thursday here before boarding a flight to play in Frankfurt coming up on Sunday. Uh, all right, we'll certainly take your reactions to it all. Okay, Bowen 1070 on Twitter, at the only Sweeney on Twitter. We'll do some calls a little bit later in the 7 o'clock hour, 317-239-1070. We could, emphasis on could, have a rather notable guest join us later in the show. We'll keep you posted if we get any confirmation on that. Good Monday morning to you. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5-107.5, The Fan. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Young in the pocket. Throws it upfield. Picked off by the Colts in the near sideline. 35, directed 25. Kenny Moore racing for the end zone. 10, 5, touchdown! I-N-D-Y! And that's a 49-yard interception for a touchdown. A pick six by Kenny Moore. Play action. Bryce Young throws it left side, and it's picked off by the Colts. They're running the other way with it. It's Kenny Moore again. He's at the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Two of them today. A pick six by Kenny Moore. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Number 23. Have a day. Really, to be honest, there's no surprise there. The way he practices, the way he works, he shows up, he watches tape, he does it the right way, and when you do it the right way, you're going to make plays on Sunday, and that's what he did for us, which was huge. I mean, 14 points uh, by him was phenomenal. I know my twin sister is going to be, she, she probably thinks she's a good luck charm. Maybe she is, but uh, I think we got to keep them, keep them at the game. Maybe they got to go to Germany or something. This is how we yeah, those are the sights and sounds of yesterday. Kenny Moore balling out two pick sixes. We've been talking about it all morning. Busy morning here uh, on the fan with KB and Andy. The wake-up call. Let's head right on out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. The man of the hour, Kenny Moore, joins the show. Kenny, good morning. Thanks for waking up with us. Great game. Congratulations. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Well, thank you so much. Uh, fantastic game on Sunday with the two pick sixes. Uh, I, I don't know. How special was it having uh, the twin sister and having the family in town looking up to them up there in the 200 section as you're balling out? How was that? Oh, man. Just to see them uh, see me in my element, uh, it means the world to me. Uh, just having my sisters, I've learned so much from them, from, from having respect, uh, having 
you know, no pride, um, having humility. Uh, a, a lot of things come from them. So uh, I just want to, you know, pay the respect, pay the love back to them. And I just want to see them, you know, see me work as hard as I can and, you know, for us to have these moments together. Do they have their passports ready for Germany? <laughs> <laughs> My older sister does not have a passport. It's <laughs> too bad. You're going to have to get that yeah. expedited here. Get Joe Fonderola in the in the ops department on that this week here. Kenny Kenny Moore joining us. I'll say it now. He will be the AFC Defensive Player of the Week in Week 9. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. Kenny, if you don't mind, could you walk us through both interceptions, what you saw on each of those two plays? Uh, yes, sir. So Russian cover works together. Um, you know, having a rookie quarterback, having you know the the coaches in his ear, letting them know what coverage we're in. Uh, we just tried to play around with the, the with the alignments and and how we were going to play certain calls. So uh, it wasn't a telltale. So you know, just moving around just gave the D line another tick to to rush at them. They got they got on them pretty early in the game. So. Uh, once I see that as a defensive back, I know that I can probably start jumping a couple routes, and you know, not selfishly, but just uh, in the in the root of the scheme. And so, uh, on the play, the first one, um, you know, with the guy motioning over me having a running back, um, I saw that the rush was getting to him. Uh, once I saw the rush getting to him, you know, as a quarterback, you don't want to take too many hits. Um, and not not throwing the ball careless, carelessly to the flat, but uh, he he probably thought he had to run it back uh, to the sideline there in the flat. So uh, just me, you know, I made this this same play in practice on Thursday. Uh, same same as that type of play, and um, you know, with the rush with the rush getting to him, he just threw the ball uh, a little late, and I undercut the route. Um, the second one, the the rush was at him again. Like I said, defensive line, they uh, I contribute both of these interceptions to the defensive line. Just rushing cover, working in the, working together uh, collectively as a as a unit. We just been trying to, you know, pick it up defensively. And uh, he overthrew the running back for the screen. I saw the screen. And I just wanted to uh, make a play on that. I saw the ball was too high, and I and I took it around. Can the first player in franchise history with two pick sixes in a game? Kenny, what, what do you think is your greatest trait as a player? That's a great question. Greatest trait as a player, I, I feel like I think about 100% I would have to say level-headedness. And um, I think that goes to a lot of different things, you know, having the highs, having the lows, just having a median uh, mindset. Um, having a reset mindset, um, everything will always go my way. And even with the success that I've had over my career, thankfully, um, it's it just never gotten to me. And um, that goes back to, you know, my childhood and how I was raised. But uh, that goes to another point of, you know, being coachable. Um, I can never, you know, shut down a coach from, from what he's trying to tell me, from what he's trying to teach me as a player and as a man uh, in this life. Um, I just want to learn as much as I can from, you know, teammates and coaches. So I just think uh, my mentality and how, how I re- approach the game and how I respect the game 
uh, and just loving the game, I know it'll love me back. So uh, it's definitely my mindset. Kenny Moore with us here on the Wake Up Call on the Fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, obviously, winning changes everything. That locker room, we'll get to the Jim Ursay dance here in just a second, but uh, you guys' locker room and now the prep and going to Germany, which we can mention as well. Uh, but just getting a win and the defense after the last couple weeks being kind of, uh, you know, I mean, listen, uh, being beat up a little bit. How vital was it for you guys as a defensive unit to bounce back and have that kind of a game on Sunday? Oh, uh, man, uh, Saturday night, you know, I'm talking to the defensive backs, you know, as a as a group, man. I told them, that, you know, the, the organization turned the page once we got Coach Shane, man, and, and Coach Shane has given this organization in this city so much energy and so much, you know, strength along the way. Uh, it wasn't, you know, an easy job to take. And, you know, having a lot of moving parts in the building, man, you just want to give your all for six months. You just want to give your all for this head coach. You want to give your all for a guy who's bought in, who loves ball. And uh, anyone who loves ball around me, I want to give it back to them. I want to pay it to them. So, uh, you know, the, the first interception, I gave it to him. I gave the ball, uh, the interception ball to him. He gave it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so do you have the ball right now? Who has the ball? Do you have it? I got the first one. The second one I gave to uh, David Thornton. He's the uh, player engagement guy. He's the guy that, you know, he's basically the bridge from the players to the coaches. But, uh, you know, he he's one of the guys that I keep in my corner, man, my inner circle, uh, DT. He He's a, he's, he's a very uh, important and great person in my life that I, that I, that I value. Again, Kenny Moore is with us here. Just an absolutely historic afternoon for him yesterday with those two pick sixes and a big part of Adam Thielen have such an, a quiet afternoon. Um, Kenny, you were, I thought, very candid last spring in talking about the struggles from last season and, and, you know, I guess a little bit public with your contract issue if you want to go back to last summer. I'm curious for our audience that maybe hasn't heard, you know, your conversations with Gus Bradley and Chris Boward in the offseason and, and what do you feel like is different for you here? in this second season in Gus's defense? Um, I, I think everybody can see now, you know, you know, being halfway into the season, you know, you know, me, me just being a part of the plan. Um, you know, it's not easy as a coach going into a, a new situation, new players, new scheme, uh, you know, everybody buying in um, and just having the awareness of who you have in the room and how you can use them. And I think coaches do their best to try to put – you know, players in the best position to make the plays, and you know, I just, I just wasn't the the, the guy. I just wasn't a guy, humbly to say, uh, respectfully to say, I just wasn't a guy last year. But you know, we made a lot of, um, we had a lot of conversations, we had a lot of discussions on how, you know, I can be the player that, you know, I envision myself playing, being, and uh, the player that I've always been for this organization. I want to continue to be that, and you know, it was. It was frustrating as a player to not, you know, to, to be left alone and, and I, I didn't have the, the things around me to be able to be me. Um, it's, frustrating, it's frustrating as an athlete, but, you know, as an athlete, you just got to keep going. You just got to keep being resilient. You got to keep buying in each day, uh, even when, when it doesn't, uh, whenever your number isn't called. So um, that was one of the tough times. One of the first seasons that, you know, I've ever been through that. But, um, you know, I just want to thank God for having that, you know, mentality of, you know, it can all be better someday. Uh, You just got to keep fighting. So, um, thankful for Coach Gus, man. Coach Gus has been very uh, humble. He's been very respectful. He's been very 
uh, carried in the whole situation to to want to be better. You know, the defense want to be better. Everybody want to be better. So I just think, you know, everybody buying into the system, uh, it'll definitely pay off. Uh, win or loss, we got we got things to, to clean up each day. It, you've been such a core, core player in, in the Chris Ballard era. Did you ever think there was a time in the last six to 12 months that it might be coming to an end here? Uh, I'll be lying if I said that, you know, I didn't think that because uh, business is going to be business. But I think relationship-wise, he, you know, he asked me that I want to be here. I said, I, I don't want to be anywhere else. Um, and that's just how I went, man. I, I'm, I'm glad that I can still be uh, repping a horseshoe, man. Um, but, you know, it's a new year, man. I, it's full of great vibes, great energy. Um I feel like last year didn't even happen. I feel like I didn't I didn't play last year. I, I just felt like it was like a year off type of deal. Um, but I'm thankful to be, be be in the building, be myself. I'm a, I'm a night and day person. Uh, personally, I'm a night and day person. Man, is I'm way happier uh, even before the night. You know how the night went last night. But you know in training camp and OTAs, I just wanted to I just wanted to prove it to my teammates first and foremost that you know I'm there for them first. Kenny Moore with us. Kenny, it sounds like you're more appreciative given that what you went through last year and everything that you said here midway through the season coming off that great game with the two pick sixes yesterday. You sound like you're appreciative of just kind of like everything going on right now with you. Yeah, I think uh, I think it has to do with me being in my seventh year of my career. And then, and then you, you, you figure out and you realize, like, I can't do this forever. Like, whenever you're 21, 22, you feel like, you can do whatever it is out there that's being um, asked to do, and you feel like you can do it for forever. You got forever in front of you. It feels like at 21, 22 years old, but, you know, being 28 now, and you like, oh, man, like, the guys look up <laughs> to me as, like, the OG in the room. Like, they're like, oh, man, you getting old. Like, you're the old guy. You're the old yeah. You're 28, man. You're only 28 years old. I'm 39. That's how I feel. I'm older than Steichen now. I'm getting a hair procedure on Friday, yeah. Kenny. I'm yeah. so old. Yeah, Kevin Bowen's having a robot work on his receding hairline here in the next couple days. Oh, good luck with that. We'll be thinking of you. Thank you, Thank you for that, Kenny. Hash, we, hashtag thinking of yeah, Kevin. We live Thank really you. hard lives here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, but like in this in this industry, you know, you know, you get to that to that uh that point. But yeah, I, I still feel young, but it just uh the guys that I'm around, man, it just makes you uh very, very appreciative, man. And just the process, I never take it for granted. Uh, you know, been been through so much, endured, uh, and having to embrace so much, man, I just I just wanna do it for the city that I'm from. Sometimes you kind of roll your eyes maybe at nicknames or like, wait, does that totally match? When I hear lightning in a bottle for you, I'm like, that is absolutely perfect. Where did that originate from? Uh, Coach Iberflus, uh 2018, uh, Coach Matt Iberflus, he texted me this morning, actually. He he still he still calls me lightning. And uh, 2018, man, he, he, he saw me work every day. He seen he saw the way that I was uh, tackling guys that were bigger than me, how I was able to um, put guys on the ground. And so uh, that nickname formed, and then I pretty much ran with it. I'm like, man, this is my alter ego now. I'm like, not lightning the bottom. <laughs> like, whenever I strap the helmet on, I, I really feel like I'm lightning. So, you know, I got the lightning tattoo behind my left ear. And, and that's something that uh, I, I definitely cherish for sure. Kenny Moore with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline on the fan on this Monday, Reaction Monday. Uh, we'll get you out of here. I just just two quick things. Uh, I, I assume you haven't been to Germany. Do you like any German food? 
little spatzel. Do you like any German food? Do you have any idea if you like German food? So I've been to Germany, and I, it was after my second year. So this was okay. And uh, I got I got great ties with Borussia Dortmund, a soccer team out there, club. Is that your and, favorite uh, team? Is I that your favorite? Yeah, that. is that I your favorite? Yeah, there. is that your favorite team? That's my favorite uh, German league team. Yes. Okay. Period. Okay. Okay. But and, I, I like I like Liverpool and uh, BVB. Okay. Okay. There you go. So so you know the the lay of the land. I'm sure many of the players there haven't been over there and don't know the lay of the yeah. land. And then the second thing, last one, and we can get you out of here, KB, unless you have something else. Is uh, how was that locker room? I mean, the the viral video is out. Meek Mill's on in the background. Uh, Mr. Ursay is dancing, kind of holding on to Coach Steichen. What was that entire thing like when you guys were <laughs> celebrating that win? Ah uh, man, before the game, EJ Speed was turning us up, man. EJ Speed had a great playlist, so you know after the game, EJ got back on the odds and uh, he played the meat mill, and now he thinks he's the best DJ on the team. But uh, I, I think I still hoist that one. Uh, he put the the meat mill on, and everybody was just in good vibes, man. We just trying to get the momentum going here uh, and, and pay it back, but I I didn't see the the Mr. Ursay dancing until after the fact. <laughs> We all laughed about that one. <laughs> Could be in a future music video here coming up here. Uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Week on the horizon. If not, then there's a major, major issue there with the league. Kenny, congrats on yesterday. I can only imagine what that was like with so much of your family there in the building. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. Safe travels to Germany. Much love, man. Take care. Um, all right, let's give out our goats from the weekend. Again, positively and negatively on this one. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's everything! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. <laughs> this guy sucks. Of the week. All right, I'll, I'll lead us off. I all will right. go all caps goats, and to me, he should be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest mascots in sports <laughs> history. My goat is Boomer. <laughs> okay. I love Boomer. And Rosie Bowen and Boomer have had quite the relationship over the years. It okay. hasn't always been smooth. But you know what? I'm watching Boomer there Friday night. This dude, he is an athlete. He is funny. He's friendly. He can talk to the three... Well, I shouldn't say talk. He can interact with the three-year-old. He can interact with the 83-year-old. He can do it. He can go to the rafters. He can jump on a trampoline. He can do it all. Boomer, to me, is my goat from the weekend. Okay, so you mentioned Rosie having a, an up-and-down relationship. Up-and-down relationship. Was she scared of Boomer earlier in her life, or, or what happened? Yeah, they had us at a Pacer game a few years back, and I did a, uh, the human bowling. Oh, yeah. So they slingshot you. By the way, shout-out to Boomer. Did a great job on the slingshot. I was able to knock down all the pins, <laughs> uh, get a strike there. Um, but uh, when Boomer did come over to Rosie at a little bit of a younger age, mm. it did not go well. Understandable. Um, very similar to me talking to girls at bars in college uh, was was kind of the reaction there. But Friday night, Boomer you know, shows up there and you go. a 180 for their relationship. She's outgrown her fear and angst and anxiety the of Boomer the mascot. The versatility of Boomer. He, he's got unbelievable versatility. 
Didn't that start with the uh, the gorilla who is the Phoenix Suns mascot? Like he did all these different tricks and dunks. I and choose the- to believe Boomer started it. Yeah. Oh, okay, but like it used to think yes, it was like some the Phoenix Sun fa- gorilla yeah, like some, is an outstanding yeah, like mascot. like some fat guy who was crushing a bunch of heaters would go in and be the mascot. That's not it's an athlete oh, no. now. Boomer's an athlete. It's a guy yeah. that can flip oh, yeah. or a yeah. man or a woman yeah. that can flip and dunk and yeah. hang I, from the rafters I and everything a else. Gymnast, uh, and, and I would think his age would would surprise you, but Boomer is tremendous. <laughs> Okay, you, didn't, you guys didn't have me going Boomer, did you? No, you surprised no. me. I it was either Kenny Moore or Boomer, and I went uh, with Boomer. I assumed three. it was going to be C.J. Stroud, which is why I wrote oh, an man. alternate one, just in case. You can go ahead and take yeah, C.J. Stroud. Okay, I'll no. take C.J. Stroud. 470 yeah, yards, five touchdowns, and the Texans' walk-off win against the Bucks. My wife Ashley is a diehard Bucks fan. She could not Ooh. believe the Bucks, Bucks blew that game with like I 40 know. seconds left. She's like, wait a minute, they yeah. lost? I was like, yeah, C.J. Stroud was playing out of his mind yesterday. So he is outstanding. 14 touchdowns. Touchdowns on the season to just one interception, already over 2,200 yards passing. He looks like far and away the best yeah. quarterback out of this last year's he's, draft. He's the rookie of the year. He already has more touchdowns than Kenny Pickett does. <laughs> that was a stat that was so kicking Puka around Nakua the internet. So can't backdoor his way into rookie of the year? <sighs> yeah, but the Rams nah, aren't going to win any more games. It's always quarterback. No, nah, it's always QB. You know the deal. Okay, uh, my go to the week. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I mean, I... Seattle led the NFC West. Seattle's a good te- is a good team. That was an ass kicking. Boy, 37 to 3. 2 weeks ago they beat the Lions 38 to 6. They had the two close losses. I know they had the 9-10 guys that were out against the Colts. Probably look back and say, "How the hell did that happen?" It's like the Colts uh, beating the Chiefs last year. Yeah, how did that happen? Uh they lost to the Steelers. They kind of gave that game away as well. Two close losses there, but boy, they're 7 and 2 and to me like this is another one of those. Are you going to believe uh, believe in Lamar Jackson when he gets to the postseason? Uh, you know, I'm just looking down here. They're going to finish, I think, with at least eleven, probably twelve wins this season. Will the Ravens? Boy, thirty-seven to three. They just dominated that game, leading twenty nothing at halftime, leading thirty-three to th- uh, thirty-three nothing going in to the fourth quarter. What an absolute shellacking of a good Seattle team. Two lowercase goats from the weekend, and this is an annual every Sunday thing, but for some reason it stood out to me more yesterday. Can we let defensive players in the NFL play it's, the game it's just of football? Un, it, I, it's just unbelievable, KB. Like, yeah, whether I, roughing the passer or the hits, I mean, again, Michael Pittman said after the game, that was a clean hit on me. That should not have been flagged. Roughing the passer to me might be the bigger issue. This, like, you, you, you can't Total fall, you can't have the weight of your body fall on the quarterback. I mean, these are 300 pound men. I mean, what are we doing here? And then also, I love college basketball, Andy. I'm a huge college college basketball fan. Opening night stinks for college basketball. Can we get? Did we try the aircraft carrier thing and that just didn't work out? Can we get a couple of somewhat marquee games for opening night? Play somewhere now. Wins the Champions Classic. It's it's next week. It's next week. So we got to wait an entire week before we get to some games. I'm with you. Move yourself to tomorrow or Wednesday. You're out of the NFL. Major League Baseball is over. And, and have a couple of marquee matchups on Tuesday or Wednesday night when you fall into that 48-hour window of we don't have anything else NFL-wise to compete for in NBA. Um, you know, obviously it's still early in the season 
for them. So those are my couple negative goes. Well, you do have Auburn and Baylor tomorrow. Do you care yeah, about? They're playing in Sioux no, Falls, I, South Dakota. Do you care about that? <laughs> that's Baylor even and better. Auburn. <laughs> that's even better. They're playing Baylor. the pyramids up there. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, go ahead, Mark. I'll give you. Then uh, I'll give you mine. Mine is uh, USC lost to Washington, fifty-two forty-two Saturday night. The Trojans fell to seven and three. Uh, they've surrendered a hundred and one points in the last two games. So head coach Lincoln oh. Riley fired defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. So apparently Alex Riley doesn't realize what time of year it means, which means Grinch (laughs) is going to seek his vengeance. (laughs) Christmas is canceled. Very selfish move by Lincoln Riley. Can't. I don't I don't like it. I like my holidays. I don't want stuff getting taken on Christmas Eve. <laughs> that dude Thanks has lot, been like Lincoln almost Riley. fired like nine times, and <laughs> now he finally got fired. Oh, it took this long. Yeah, I think the horse might be out of the barn uh, at this at this point. All right, so th- I'm going to go. Usually we go with a team that's struggling, a bad team. This is not a bad team. I want to be clear. And they played the game in Germany. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And the reason I'm doing so... You hate the Dolphins. Guys, no, I want to love... I love McDaniel. And, and I like Tua enough. And Tua had... You know, he learned through jujitsu how to fall, Kevin. He learned how to fall over the weekend. And, and I think Tyreek Hill... Anthony Richardson I mean, needs to be doing. I, I love Tyreek Hill. And, and, and Jalen Waddle's a good player. And they have all these running backs. And, and a good young coach. And, and I like them. And they spend money. And they gamble. And they go on and say, we don't need a first-round pick. We're go, we'll go get Jalen Ramsey. And I like that aggressive but whether it be Kansas City, Philadelphia, on the road at Buffalo, they have lost to every team on their schedule that is worth a damn. And their wins, Patriots, Panthers, Giants, Patriots again, Broncos, that's the 70 piece, and the Chargers, who by the way, they just beat the Chargers by two, and the Chargers aren't going to be a playoff team either. I mean, they just... I want to like them more, but there's no way you can trust them down the stretch when it gets cold, and then when you get to the playoffs, you're obviously facing playoff teams. I just don't have uh, a lot of love for them right now, and they're a good team. They're going to win double-digit games, and I know they only lost 21-14. They had a chance, but in the end, they lost to Kansas City. I'm off on them. I'm off on them. Can we bet on IEPY and Spalding coming up at 11 o'clock? Let me look it up. Sure, we can. They're D3 is what Scotty told me. Other D3? Yeah. That sounds right. Jags just trying to get a win here. They have a nice culinary school. Uh, in the air. I want a hamburger. School. No, a cheeseburger. It's I want a it's hot spalding. dog. Yeah. I want a milkshake. <laughs> I want potato You'll chip. get nothing and like it. <laughs>